Welcome to the 129th episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined today by Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Eric Schwartz and Chronicle Assistant Editor Isabel Vanderstoop, along with guest hailing from the beautiful town of Tenino, Wayne, choose your own adventure on how to pronounce my last name, Fournier, is here. <laughs> Wayne, how are things? Things are good, Aaron. Thank you. We did decide a couple podcasts ago to call you Wayne Fournier until you pick one, oh, just man. to force you into a corner. <laughs> we also my said- daughter gets a kick out of it that you guys change it up. Oh, great. <laughs> Wait, also- what is your daughter? How does she pronounce it? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Sorry, Isabel. No, it's fine. We also said that we weren't going to have you on until after the election, but then we decided... What election? What are you, what, what are you referring to? <laughs> <laughs> but then we decided that we'll just have your opponent on if they announce, or if there is one. Well, invite him, at least. Yeah. Courtesy invite. Uh, yeah, do you want to get into that? You're running for something at some point? So, yeah, I, d- I did announce a few weeks ago that I was not going to be seeking a re-election to the, to the mayor position, that I would be running for county commissioner in Thurston County, we opted, we voted to increase from three to five commissioners, which created two new districts. And one of the new districts covers Tenino, Grand Mound, Rochester, Rainier, and I'll be running for that spot. Uh, is that is that like a full-time paid gig? Uh, I mean, being mayor is full-time. When you get into elected office, there's no, yeah. you don't clock in, clock out. It's a lifestyle, which, <laughs> you know, that, yeah, it's a lifestyle, which, you know, that, that's just, that's the way I think, that's the way I operate. Yeah. You were asking if like it pays to like if it's like a thirty k a year. I think it's six figures. Okay, well, that's yeah. cool. Congratulations, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, can we it borrow twenty dollars? Upwards of a hundred thousand a year. I've read. I think I included it in the story. Yeah. That yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just if they expanded to five, if they were going to like bump it down to be more like a less than that kind of thing. But I, I don't probably. I, yeah, not. I don't think the workload. It, you know, decreases. it's a dumb question. All right, guys. God. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're, they're having to expand the number of commissioners because the workload is so great. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I'm sure if you were to talk to the Lewis County commissioners where there's only three, it's right. There's only three here. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah, we tried to force them to have five. And yeah, you can't meet, you know, and you so can't congregate more than two people together yeah. without creating a public meeting. And then, you know, that's, that's an issue. It's illegal. Yeah. And some people in Lewis County would say three is too many. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> Wayne, I don't know if you have ever read the Bible or grown up reading it or anything, but I wanted to do for the lead for that story, what do Jesus or what did the Holy Spirit and the Open Public Meetings Act have in common? Where two or more are gathered, there too I will be. <laughs> and then Eric was like, yeah, I, don't, I think people might be offended, <laughs> which is fair. But you I, would have gotten shit on this podcast for that. I mean, you make fun of the Holy Spirit, you go to hell. That's what I was talking. So. I feel like I wasn't making fun of it. I thought it was funny, but I am also. Fine. It's it's yeah. It's a hard yeah, one to exactly have, to use in jest. Uh, I did want to note, and I, I shared this with Wayne, but shortly after, or I guess a few weeks after he announced his candidacy, uh, Governor Jay Inslee is always already calling South Thurston County Lewis County. So, um, are I, you I, going to bring that home to Lewis I, County? I feel like you know, Tenino is. Like truly in between, you know, two different kind of uh, paradigms. You know, we've got Lewis County, which is Lewis County, and then North Thurston County, which is North Thurston County. And uh, stuck in the middle is is Tenino, where you have to be a moderate. You have to be sensible. And, and like I've, I think I've said on here, we're like a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. And I think that's there, there's a place for that in politics these days where you're not, you know, a diehard one way or the other. You're, I, I consider myself a, like a moderate, practical person. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Tonino County. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is, God, we got hung up on the intro. That's great. Uh, we're also joined in spirit by sponsor Summit Funding and The Roof Doctor. It is Monday, January 30th, and I would be I would like to be the first to congratulate Eric Schwartz on once again attending the Polar Plunge at <laughs> Mayfield Lake. It was cold, I'm not going to lie to you. It was you freezing did, out there. You did a great job of standing idly by <laughs> as others braved the frosty waters. I was there. I got up early. Yeah, you sure were. So you went in, Franklin went in, uh, Kyle, uh, our IT specialist, he went yeah. in. Good contingent in uh, the in the cold waters. Yeah. 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 It, it was, was nice. Fine. That's uh, raises job. money for Special Olympics of Lewis County, and then we visited the land where inflation has not touched, which is... Frosties. Frosties. <laughs> Great breakfast of Frosties. <laughs> have you been to Frosties before? I not. When you step through the doors, you step, you step out of Biden's America. You step back in time. <laughs> To it's I don't know, Reagan's America, maybe. <laughs> yeah, don't That's know. excellent. Yeah, it's uh, very fairly priced. What do you get there? Steak and eggs. Got to go with the steak and eggs. Nice. Yeah, I had the the eggs Benedict with with bacon instead of ham. A couple Bloody Marys. It was great. It's legit. Couple yeah. or a few? Uh, just a couple. Uh, news items. First up, the Chehalis Basin Group unveils four non-dam flood prevention proposals and asks for public input. We call this segment Ranking the Flood Solutions that Aren't a Dam. Do we want to just run through options A, B, C, and D? Yeah, abbreviated. Okay. I haven't read Isabel's summary of these options, so I might be leaving a few things out if I glaze over things. Feel free to to jump in and interject on this one segment. But only this one. Only this one. Uh, Option A, essentially what the Office of the Shayless Basin is already doing, Raising houses, helping residents get flood insurance, and in some instances, buying out homes and helping people move out of the most flood-prone areas. Approximate price tag, $500 million. This is just kind of uh, treating, the, treating the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Option B. Uh, and we're not doing a bit here. This is to dig out an entirely new fork of the river that wraps around the hospital. It would require uprooting homes, churches, and essentially the entire Schuber Mellon area neighborhood. It would also mean picking up the Mellon Street Bridge and moving it, get this, 2,000 feet south. While it would reduce flooding in the Centralia area and hasten the amount of time the city spent inundated with floodwaters, it has the potential to worsen flooding upstream. So like in Adna, approximate price tag between 1.2 and 1.7 billion this is like in The Simpsons where Homer was in charge of the garbage department <laughs> and he just stuffed all the garbage under the town and their solution was to just pack up Springfield and move it like five miles down the road. It is, yeah. You mentioned upstream too. I just quickly note, this wouldn't it just deliver a faster blow downstream as well? Like yes. when the when it came the diversion came back into the main stem? Well, this is not something that um was discussed, I don't think, in the story or even mm. like the meeting, but I am aware of previous studies they've done on this exact option, and I'm pretty sure the tribe said no to it because it would make Rochester flooding worse. Okay, option C. This would add 20 miles of levee construction or expansion and mainly focuses on levees along the Skookumchuck and China Creek. Yes, levees on China Creek. This option would possibly require moving City Hall and the very building we're sitting in now. How could you even consider moving out of this beautiful, historic piece of architecture? Structurally However, sound. Structurally sound. <laughs> However, ignoring that bit and the part where they propose daylighting China Creek for economic development, I like the gentrified China Creek idea. Um, the levee expansion seems necessary and important. 
Having more Skookumchuck levies seems positive, and the proposal includes some for the Newakum and expansion of the airport levy to approximate price tag to gentrify China Creek, among other things, between $1.2 and $1.5 billion. And the final option is just kind of like, what if we did a little bit of all three or just all three? All three. Just do it all. It's the full on. There's a picture that goes along with it. Yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> According to the land group, it would look like 1.6 to 2.3 billion dollars. For reference, a 2020 preliminary estimate put the cost of the structure between oh, sorry, the dam the, structure. Yeah, the, yeah, I meant to put that between 475 and 675 million dollars. So those are the options. What do you guys like the best? What about everything and a dam? You know. It's two point three billion. You just throw another six hundred seventy-five million on top of that. I mean, I am Cover your not bases. in favor of the the new river around Providence because it would require uprooting an entire neighborhood. Not to mention like the cultural resources. I but I do see a future where even if there is a dam built, there's going to have to be solutions to skookum chuck flooding which might be levees and there will be you know more efforts to move the right homes and lift them up and i mean plenty of this is valid and and probably going to happen whether there's a dam or not right yeah fair enough i want to get wayne in the mix because oh if you were to become a county commissioner for that area wouldn't that be a i mean this would be a, a, something you'd want to be somewhat educated on right absolutely yeah i mean if it's we're upstream yeah, but I mean, and we Look wouldn't you want upstream we wouldn't, looking, <laughs> looking down we upon us. Want Lewis County yeah, making <laughs> making bad decisions that affected us. Oh, I guess they're upstream at <laughs> the Scoop and Check. So yeah. So the the district though, do you go all the way over to Rochester? Mm-hmm. So you would and it goes all the way to Grace Harbor. You'd be probably hearing from the Shales tribe, I would imagine, on the issue. Yes, sir. Um, and I think Thurston County is still flood authority, if I'm not mistaken. So they put a rep there. You play your cards right, you might end up on the flood authority, man. Oh, boy, wow! There's <laughs> nothing more exciting than flood policy. Let me tell you. I don't know. I think I'm an option C man. I want to see him daylight China Creek and build some of those beautiful, you know, creekside homes on it. I just don't really understand how they're going to build levees along China Creek without like taking out the entire infrastructure that you were trying to protect by building levees. Yeah, you just get like one of those big Transalta coal dozers out there and you just start on this end and you just start pushing until you get to the Chehalis <laughs> River. Yeah. And then you put levees up with the, the leftover portions of the Do you know what I mean? Like building. at a certain point, you're taking so much away that it's like, why protect the area at all? <laughs> That's fair. I, I can't believe they came up with these. Who came up with these? That's what my question is. Or is it like... Uh, Some a bunch guy. of guys sitting around drinking. Well, the Chehalis the Basin Group's yeah. been looking at a dam, and okay. uh, you're probably familiar with it, but there's two prongs to their approach. There's, like, the habitat side that's getting equal amounts of money as the dam side, essentially, but flood mitigation side. Um, and there was a group within the office of the Chehalis Basin, which has grown ex- pretty big body over the years. Robust. Um, robust. Uh, that wanted to look at anything but a dam since we're getting down the road pretty far on the dam. And so the group said, yeah, sure, here's some money and you get some consultants and give us your best options that aren't a dam. It's a, I just pulled up in the story, it says at the bottom, it's a like steering group committee just to look at this specifically, which by the way, I think they spent like upwards of 2 million just looking at this stuff. Um, But it's composed of a member each from the Chehalis Tribe, Economic Alliance of Lewis County, City of Centralia, Wild Salmon Center, Quinault Nation, um, and then 
a few different like consultant groups and um, conservation groups. And nobody came in with the Pete's Lake idea of just know, dig right? a big hole. Yeah. That's what upsets me the most. Yeah. I actually pulled out my phone and did the math and I don't remember it, but like to buy 20,000 shovels, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. Like everybody could chip in. It could just be like a community event. Yeah, and volunteer, and you just dig, dig down. Till you can't dig anymore. Or just like at the lowest of, point, like just take all the dogs out of the pound. And be like, dig there. <laughs> there you go. I, it's like I just want to say of this, like it's very clear that we need to work on Centralia flooding, but that's not the only place where we need to work on flooding. And I felt like I expected this process to have more focus on like basin-wide solutions, which it didn't. But, I mean, maybe there will be more of that in the future. I think that's more or less what Ron Averill said. He's on the Flood Authority. He's been on the Flood Authority, I think, for a long, long time um, at the Centralia City Council meeting. was great for Centralia, and he's a Centralia guy, so he's like, it's really great that we're getting all this attention. But um, it's the same argument that happened after the 2007 flood when they rolled out the Army Corps' levy plan, which is essentially what's in here, beefed up even more. Um, And... That was a no-go because it would just hold water back up in the upper basin and flood them out. Yeah. That's another thing about the, like, levees along China Creek is, I mean, you'd probably just flood I-5 more, right? And, like, not not just for China Creek, but Skookumchak, Newakum. Like, I I don't know. I just, the water goes somewhere anyways, right? I don't know. It's just tough. (laughs) <laughs> I'll pull quoting that. <laughs> uh, there is a webinar. If anyone's interested, go track down this story at Cronline. And uh, I don't have the date right in front of me, but it is it is coming up. Do you remember when that is off the top of your head? Uh, February 8th at 6 p.m. There we go. It's a Zoomer. I don't know why I didn't just say that. I did remember. Sorry. All right. Are we moving on? I figured, yeah. like, while we're talking infrastructure, no? though, I noticed that Wayne posted earlier about the Cory House that's getting worked on. Yeah. I'm yeah. just wondering, when you started that process, did you happen to get a free estimate from the roof doctor? Because <laughs> they do free <laughs> estimates. They make house calls, residential, commercial, mobile homes. You can call them at 736 Could have saved the Stone City uh, a lot of money there, Wayne. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, we, uh, we've, we've, been, we've been working diligently on... on renovating a lot of our old buildings. We just finished a total remodel of the city hall. We're finishing up a remodel of Quarry House, and then the, the Quarry Pool is, uh, is under construction currently. So That's the Roof Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Theroofdoctor.com. Uh, did I mention that they make house calls? They've been around since 1959. John D., reviewer, called oh, them Christ. the best in the United States of America. Yeah, what a, what a review by John D. there. Theroofdoctor.com. Sorry to involve you in that, Wayne. It was great. <laughs> Had to happen contractually. Last uh, time it was about septics, I think. Oh, yeah. It was good. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. a sports dump uh, sponsor, I believe. Uh, next item, a bid lawsuit on initial rezone decision. Lewis County commissioners will hear YMCA appeal. So the YMCA filed suit to get their now 2,100 acres of land near middle re- mineral rezones. They can put a kid's camp out there. Uh, you may recall the county commissioners said no and accused the Young Men's Christian Association of being too woke for Lewis County. The county is now saying, well, let's let's just do the hearing again. Maybe we can further explain why your camp to give poor city kids an outdoor experience is not right for Lewis County. Why would the YMCA show up to this? Is anybody... any, yeah, any Looking at you, Isabel. Well... 
I mean, I don't know. This I is a wait and see type thing, right? I, yeah, I can't predict what Lewis County is going to do with this. The only thing that I was able to get, I, I said, why are you doing this? And I got a statement back from the commissioners that said, um, essentially, like, it's hard to get a lot of stuff into the record because the process is specific and, quote, from statement from the commissioners, we did not get everything into the record that we needed. Reopening the hearing will give both parties the opportunity to create a full and complete record regarding the YMCA land use decision. So I followed up with um, what are the two parties? Like, did, I thought they might mean like the community members in the YMCA. And then they were like, no, the county in the YMCA. <laughs> And I was like, so the county can put stuff into the hearing? I thought that the commissioners were supposed to be like, like judges, the judge, like the yeah. quasi-judicial like judges who oversee what's in the record. And they were like, I don't know, we'll get back to you on that. So I don't know. So we will <laughs> I wait truly and see. do not know what they get out of it or what their strategy is going to be, but I'm, I don't know. Um, I... <laughs> I, I kind of feel like the YMCA is just going to show up and be like, we don't have anything to add, but if you guys want to throw some more stuff on the record that we can use in our lawsuit, uh, you know, feel free. The mics are on. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, when I first saw that they, they sent out a press release about this. And when I first saw it, I thought, oh, maybe they're going to walk back the original decision because they don't <laughs> want to be in a lawsuit. You know, that seems logical. And so then I asked for their statement and they said that, and that made me feel like, they are just going to say no again, but they're going to use more evidence to show why they think they're right, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of what it seems like. <laughs> it's all like. conjecture, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll just find out. But um, Yeah, this is either going to give the YMCA more ammo for the official appeal or the county is just going to change its mind, but the commissioners don't seem like the type to admit they're wrong and save the taxpayers a shitload of money and attorney's fees, so we shall see. That's your legal opinion as an attorney. That is my legal opinion as a taxpayer. <laughs> yes. It's also worth noting that um, Lee Gross has retired and he voted no, but um, Scott Brummer, the his replacement on the commission, said throughout his campaign that he did not consider this a land use issue, but a like community issue and definitely was opposed to it. So I would, I'd be surprised, like, I, I mean, who knows what will happen? I cannot predict it, but um, he would also have to change his stance alongside the two who had voted against it for the vote to be overturned. Okay, well, surely that will be interesting. Uh, next item, we have an update on the Aaron Christensen death. The Lewis County Sheriff's Office receives the final report in the invest death investigation. Uh, so this Aaron Christensen was the hiker... Uh, out towards Mineral? Wallop Lake. Wallop Lake, not Mineral. So I got Mineral on the mind. Mm -hmm. uh, the Always. death happened in August and was barely mentioned by the sheriff's office. They finally sent charges for Ethan Asbeck and a 17-year-old girl to the prosecutor on October 26th. On November 2nd, the prosecutor said, please show your work and sent it back due to a lack of, lack of evidence, pretty much. Lack of details. We don't know. They we sent don't know. it back, yeah. They sent it back. Anyway, they finally got the cell phone mapping for the two suspects on January 20th and expect to send it back to the prosecutor's office again. Sounds like in the next week. I think as of the 20th, it was a week or two. Yeah, I think so. Okay. 
And then I think we'll have a lot of answers. I don't know if they're going to be the answers anybody wants, but once there is at least a you know affidavit of probable cause along with other associated court documents, we'll have some sort of narrative that maybe makes sense. We've been getting bits and pieces here and there, um, and at times you put the pieces together, and it's a little like enraging, I guess, if you're the family, and perplexing if you're just trying to follow the news um, as to how someone can die of a gunshot wound to the chest. Someone says they shot that person, and that person has still not, you know, Brought, been brought to justice at all. Here we are five months later, four months later. Four? Yeah. Five? Yeah. Yeah. Valid questions. But yeah, that's, that's more or less it. Okay. Anybody else want to No, Nothing? No, you summarized it. Uh, next news item. Dogs on video, comma, chickens dead. Suspect sulcum hounds yet to be found. You like uh, that headline? Pretty good. Yeah. Hounds yeah. yet to be found. A little rhyming there. Thank you. You know, the editor in me said they are not hounds. Those are clearly pit bulls when I looked at the photo. But then I was like, I, I don't, like, don't want to mess with it. I just feel like hounds, dogs, you know what I mean? Like a hound could just be a dog, right? I, I mean, hounds are dogs. <laughs> I, think yes. it, I think it depends artistic on... artistic purpose. So like a rectangle <laughs> yeah. square thing. Like, anyways. Anyway, some dogs broke through a chicken wire fence and ate some chickens uh, between the four birds and the coop. The chicken owner estimated the damages would cost him about $200. Several people on Facebook recognized the dogs. Is and that counting a, for eggs? Potential? I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of lost cause. Yes. They go back Cost reassessing yeah. $500,000. Exactly. <laughs> Lifetime egg loss. Uh, a personal story about that. My chickens right now are not laying because probably They're just because it's, it's late. And that's exactly what my mom said. Yes. Yeah. She was like, oh, they must know about the market. You know, yes. they're trying to play to their advantage so they get more food. And she is or feeding them more. All the chickens more. are colluding. They're on mm-hmm. strike. Yes. Yeah. Is, is there one chicken laying an egg that's like crossing the picket? <laughs> oh. crossing- <laughs> no, it's been, it's been a several days. I mean, it's been really cold and dark. Plus, we've had a couple attacks recently, and I so I know there's been some stress. But no, I think they must know. Wow, they've got their fingers on the pulse, you know. You were talking, Feathers. Isabel, which I we touched on it last week too, and I'm going to segue it into a South Thurston County issue as well. Um, the various passions that are flamed up on dog stories like this, yeah. like talk about that the range we saw. Yeah. So I've been thinking about this stuff a lot with like the dog court series that I did too, but. The, the way that people think about their dogs is so, is so varied. Like the people on this story on Facebook, the comments ranged from, you know, just sort of a normal, like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that about your chickens to, uh, who cares? These are just dogs being dogs. Those are just chickens. Dogs are going to do that, which I kind of feel like you no, know, like don't let your dogs do that, right? Like don't let your chicken dogs run matter. around and yeah, yeah, like I love my chickens. And and why are your dogs so much more important? I mean, I don't know. And then then there were some people who were like, don't euthanize the dogs, euthanize the owners. Like straight up that's what some of the comments said. I was like, what? I, I mean, it's just so interesting to hear. The it's range. anytime there's like, a dog story. We saw it with Hank slash tank and yeah. then I'm sure Wayne remembers Wolfie out in Bucota. Oh, oh who could forget beautiful well. Wolfie. Yeah. Yeah. Wolfie was something else. Like that that inflamed like passions internationally. Because yeah, yeah, I don't know the story. Oh God. Oh we don't have time to get uh, real quick yeah. it was a, podcast it was a beloved dog like, that wandered around town, looked awful, like hair missing from all over, whatever. People started complaining, uh the owner and I might botch this a little bit, but I won't name any names. The owner finds out that this dog has become a social media 
sensation yeah. in a bad way and like gets the dog didn't want the attention didn't want the attention yeah took the dog out to the woods and killed it um slowly slowly yeah <gasps> oh so there was like a well he, they shot it but it's it, they did it like a yeah, autopsy they did a poor job shooting it oh and then there was a yeah a necropsy necropsy yeah was done on the dog and it just showed that it took a long time to die and it was in various states of like decay over the years and oh, you know, poorly taken care of and everybody wanted Justice for Wolfie it was, it was wow. kind of like a hashtag for a minute. Oh, there's artwork for it too, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I just remember the picture of that dog. Sad. And and to this day, it, oddly enough, Wolfie haunts Bukota. And if you get on Google Maps, <laughs> oh, I think a lot of travel, things. Are if you travel the streets of Bukota on Google Maps, you will see Wolfie in the Google Maps photos. <laughs> that is wild. It is wild. That's really crazy. I just remember we covered it intensely, as we do all things South Thurston County, yeah. uh, better than our neighbor to our north. That uh-huh. uh, The NVN? We, we had like a rallying cry at the table that was like, never forget, never forget Wolfie. Yeah. And then we were meeting one day, and somebody came in with like a note from out front. <laughs> like, the uh, owner of Wolfie was sentenced a month ago, and we were all just like, damn oh, it. Celebrating. We all forgot about Wolfie. <laughs> no, we all forgot. Like, <laughs> ironically, at the end, we forgot about Wolfie. Oh, we took funny. our we took our eyes off the ball there. Wow. Anyways, yeah. sorry, Those kinds Aaron. of stories they just they just <laughs> really like control. bring out a lot of feelings about like humanity and what is or isn't worthy of like justice. It's so interesting to me. Anyway, back to the dogs in Salcom that ate some chickens. Uh, some people on Facebook recognized the dogs, and a sheriff's deputy went out to the place these people thought the dogs lived twice, but didn't see them. The end. That's well, it for now. If you have information, you can call the sheriff's office, and they're—I'm sure they'll open the case back up if they find the dogs. But that's that. Sure, they will. Yeah, I was going to say Aaron's just really biting his tongue <laughs> over there. It's just like. Well, hey, ain't, ain't got nothing better to do than look for some dogs in East Lewis County. I mean, the county does have a humane officer. It's yeah. like they they do yeah. think a lot about these kinds of issues. In the rural place where we live, there are lots of marauding dogs as the state defines them, and it's something that is a problem because chickens get killed over it. So yeah, sick band name. Well, I mean, people get bitten by them too. Yeah. Just to be just yeah. Um, all right, next item. Uh, Wayne, prepare yourself. Oh, God. This one's for you. <laughs> Inslee comments on Tonino's sex offender housing amid community outrage and state agencies back out of Tonino Town Hall on sex offender housing. Uh, the governor pointed out that the sex offender house is on 14 acres and, quote, fairly remote. He also used to live in Tonino. The offenders will not be allowed to leave. And this is the court's decision, sort of. I'm just hitting the very high-level talking points here. But uh, thoughts, everyone? I was hoping Wayne, as the only Tonino resident here, could kind of back us into this. like Not like a very long retelling, yeah. but like uh, you're probably one of the more informed Tonino residents. So like, when was the first time people started hearing that this was happening? Um, and then just kind of take us to current. It's quickly as you can there were some people that caught wind of this some neighbors that caught wind of this around like june july so there's been some like people in the media area that have known about it and they 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 heard about it just through some back channels that it may happen uh there was a real estate transaction that went down where a private company an llc bought this house for 1.1 million dollars it's a beautiful house five bedroom right on maytown lake and uh 
people were kind of figuring out what was going on and you know there was rumors about it but this all kind of blew up about three weeks ago when a company called uh, supreme living scheduled and held what would be like a town hall of sorts uh, that they put together where they wanted to come in and explain to the community what they were going to do and why they had bought the house uh, it was a big debacle it was kind of the whole thing was just a big fiasco where we came in and this private company uh, laid out that they are in the business of creating what are called a less restricted of alternative housing so lras and the the less restrictive alternative is an is the alternative to living on mcneil island in the special commitment center the mcneil island special commitment center i'm sure most of the listeners know is it was a prison that DOC ran and then DOC shut down the prison some years ago, but there was a, a small population of people around 250, 215. I'm, I've gotten seen different numbers where these people have been labeled. And this is a legal term, sexually violent predators to get that term. A prosecutor has to petition the state to give this to them and either King County itself can lay it down on a King County resident or the attorney general's office lays it down on a Washington state resident. And these are people that, um, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to downplay any, you know, sexual violence or any type of violence like this, but these are not the ones that have been, you know, run of the mill or rehabilitated offenders. or yeah, these like are that. people that have been, that have, you know, serial rapists, people that have committed multiple violently sexual offenses against people and it's been deemed by a mental health professional that they're they're not likely to be rehabilitated so they've got to have some kind of underlying mental condition and then they've got to have like multiple violent sexual offenses then you get committed to McNeil Island you could be there during your prison sentence but then when your prison sentence ends uh, you can't they can't just be let go they can't just be put out there and so uh, the state found itself in kind of a, a weird situation where they were seemingly incarcerating these individuals with no end in sight. And you cannot, you cannot have, according to the Constitution, somebody that you just put in a prison and leave them there forever. You, you just can't do that. And the federal, federal courts came down and said, you need to have some type of process for these folks. And you can't just warehouse them on McNeil Island indefinitely. So there's been a lot of like debate over what that should look like over the years. Uh, I want to say 2021, Senate Bill 5163 was drafted and passed through where it would allow for LRAs to be created by private companies. And here we are, you know, almost two years later, and this is the first one of this specific type where an LRA in a private residence by a private company has been established and they are, as far as I understand, they were or are planning on uh, releasing the first individual, I think tomorrow, mm -hmm. the very first, yeah. That was a really good explanation. Did I do okay? Yeah, All right. it was awesome. You even nailed the the bill year number, 2021, hey. 2022. Tell me the bill part, is that where it was outlined that like each county would kind of take its part? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, these folks, there have been some released over the years. I want to say 77 have been released over the years. And the pro there was a problem came up in Pierce County where they would just kind of get off the dock. And then they ended up with nowhere to go, congregating in Pierce County areas. And of course, Pierce County was upset with that. 
And so they took it to the powers that be and said, hey, we need to come up with a fair plan where you know, these, these folks don't just end up you know, downtown Tacoma. And so the state lawmakers came up with kind of, I've been calling it the fair share doctrine, which uh, states that if you produce them, you know, so you, Lewis County, petitions the attorney general to say that, uh, you know, so-and-so be labeled a sexually violent predator and Lewis County, I'm just making this number up. Well, let's, let's go Thurston County. It has been determined that Thurston County has uh, created, I've heard the number nine and heard the number 11 through this petition process. And so if you create them, you must then receive them later. And so the fair share doctrine is saying that uh, each county that produces one of these individuals has to then take them back when so, they get out. So a, whoever smelt it, dealt it for sex offenders, basically. Essentially. Okay. For sexually violent predators. <laughs> yes. These are, these are not just sex offenders. These are next level sex offenders. Mm -hmm. It's a whole nother designation. Okay. SVPs, it's got, it's got its own acronym. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, really good explanation. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of you here, Aaron, but the other link that you posted with this item was uh, Isabel was able to talk with Governor Inslee at mm -hmm. a separate event at Maple Lane on Friday. Um, and I don't know, the timing's just weird to me. So he, his exact quotes, uh, well, he called himself a Tenino boy, which I'll ask you to confirm or deny later, Wayne. But he said, I know people are concerned about this, but I think there's hopefully going to be some information to... A, a, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Assuage. Assuage some of yes. those concerns. <laughs> um, and then I want to say less than 24 hours later, all of the state agencies pulled out of the Sunday town hall that they were supposed to have. I saw before coming on here that Derek Sanders, the Thurston County Sheriff, did seem to confirm that at least the agencies are saying there were some threats, some phone calls. Um, but at the time, it just seems like odd timing for the governor of Washington to promise some answers, and then less than 24 hours, the agencies pull yeah, out. There, there does seem to be an effort. You know, that, I was at that event as well, and you know, there's a lot of talk about community-based solutions, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of talk about deinstitutionalizing. And you know, for that inc incident, they were talking about mental health, and Western State being the big institution where, uh, you know, People with mental health issues are housed, and they, they are trying to put an effort together where in each jurisdiction there's going to be community-based solutions for mental health problems. And, you know, that, that, sounds, that sounds like, you know, a good thing to talk about and work on. Sure. Uh, and it almost it kind of feels the same way that they're, you know, treating the sexually violent predators. And they're, but, they're, you know, then they also get into fiscal reasons they're doing this. McNeil Island's expensive. And when you farm them out to private entities, which I am absolutely against, I, you know, this, I do not, I could not speak worse of private prisons or private companies confining people. That just, that just sounds horrible. And, you know, there's, there's like this effort to go that way. Uh, yes, you know, I, my, Governor Inslee did live in Tenino for a while. Mm -hmm. his, his father taught there in the fifties. And yeah, that's, so that, that is true. Um, what was the next question? No, that was it. I was going to ask if you uh, ever ran, bumped into him in the halls or yeah, traded you know, pogs with him yeah, or there, played uh, he, marbles. We did not go to school together, but his, you know, <laughs> in the fifties, I wasn't born yet, but there have been times where, you know, I would get a call and Hey, you know, meet the governor for lunch at the sandstone cafe or Don Juan's where they have wonderful tacos. Oh, they do. Great. <laughs> yeah, guacamole yeah. too. We'd love him as a sponsor. If you can make yeah, that happen. Yeah. Juan. Uh, yeah. Just <laughs> a couple notes on the Inslee thing. Um, the reason I know how to pronounce assuage now is because he said it twice in the same interview. He's and ready. <laughs> yeah. 
And then um, also, so just like you were talking about, he, I started the interview talking about the Maple Lane thing because that's the event that we're at. And then I, he said this is a part of a greater vision to create community-based behavioral health situations. And then I said, is the Tenino sex offender housing the same mission, basically? Like, is that what you mean? Is that what this is behind is getting those in communities? And he was like, no, it's not. Which I, I don't get that. But, but that chemical or the behavioral health uh, halfway house of sorts that, uh-huh. that were the ribbon cutting, that's state run. And I can right. get behind that. It's state run. It's DHS, DSHS controlled. There's checks and balances. Uh, it, they're accountable to us, to the to the voters. House. This other place run by you know Supreme Living. It's a privately run, for profit company where they are receiving. I've seen thirty eight thousand dollars a month per resident housed there, and they're planning on having five. At one point, they were planning on having fifteen people living there. That's a lot of money. That's a huge contract. Uh, one of the questions from our county commissioners is why why wasn't the county allowed to bid for the contract? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I you know, and maybe this isn't popular opinion, but I feel much more comfortable when the government is uh, confining people than I do private companies. Yeah. Um, and then, so where are we now with this situation? Uh, we're we're in a kind of wait and see. Place. The, a lot of that going around. Yeah, yeah right. The, the county commissioners in Thurston County uh, sent a cease and desist letter to Supreme Living LLC, uh, and the concerns were from the, a health perspective, and in that it, it is a three-bedroom septic, and they're planning on putting uh, five people living there and another two people as, as employees there. It's not on a commercial water system, so it's on a residential exempt well. That's not what that's set up for. And then uh, there would be food service involved, and it's not a commercial kitchen. It's not inspected by the Department of Health. So those three issues were just raised and said, hey, you cannot put anybody in here without addressing these concerns, and, and we have not heard back yet. That's some, some good paperwork on their part. Yeah. The county, our, our county commissioners are working very hard. Maybe this isn't fair, but one more point. I felt as though when they canceled the Sunday, their, their, their participation in the meeting was still held. But when they canceled that, it was kind of like reaching into the same playbook that this bill came from, which was a uh, legislating process where people can't attend, such as the 2021 session, where if this bill had come up and maybe there was enough media people floating around that could have been stopped before it even started. Um, but I, I think it was such a... I mean, it went smoothly in many ways, but the, you know, remote sessions, it doesn't allow the same amount of transparency. Yeah. And so it kind of felt, I'm not a Tenino guy, so I won't say it was a slap in the face, but I, I imagine it wouldn't feel good to be like, okay, you can come look at your computer screen and express your emotions in a way that no one will hear them and um, we'll just tell you what we're going to do. Yeah, the way the bill was titled, it's very, like, kind of innocuous. You don't really know exactly what they're talking about. You would look at it, you know, on a list of bills and, Pass right by it, not even realize what they were talking about. Uh, the, the state not showing up. So it was, it was a meeting on Sunday that was set up by uh, Sheriff Sanders. He invited DOC. He invited DSHS. They initially said that they would have representatives there. And then at some point, the state's, you know, the leadership team for both groups said that they, uh, they felt that the, the climate was too threatening to send staff and it, like, wouldn't be productive. And, yeah, I mean, and, you know, I also have said back to them, if your staff 
do not feel comfortable and safe coming into Tenino, you should be thinking about your clients as well. Right. You know, like I, I do not think that right now the way the, the climate is the way that it is just kind of at a fever pitch putting, you know, in, you know, you can think whatever you want about the, the, the individual, the offender, but it is not a safe situation to place that person in that house right now for the staff, for the client. And then the neighbors, it puts them in a bad situation. And there's, there's a lot of potential for bad things to happen. Also like we went to that event on Friday morning and at that event, uh, the governor said to me, like, we're having a town hall meeting coming up. You should be there. And because we were talking about this subject and then like later that very day, and he was like with Kevin Bovenkamp the whole time, the secretary, assistant secretary of DSHS. And then that's the person who signed the letter that was like, oh, we're not coming. That was like several hours later. So something had to have happened like in these, what, three or four hours that made them decide like it's not safe. So I don't know. It actually made me go back because we're the only ones who ran the story with Inslee's comments. So I went back to see if in the comments there was somebody because, you know, the commenters, they while out sometimes that was just like, you know, making a threat. I didn't see anything there. Um, But again, Sheriff Sanders said it was phone calls in a news release this afternoon um, after he communicated with them. So so they backed out and they instead have opted to set up a webinar tomorrow evening. And uh, do you think there will be a lot of uh, a lot of frowny faces? During the webinar, and it's Shared. it's going to be a highly controlled kind of thing, which is unfortunate. And they've asked people to submit questions prior, which you know that's not really open communication. But uh, February first, uh, from six to seven, there will be a Zoom webinar, and you go to dshswa.zoom.us backslash webinar backslash register. I mean. It, yeah, it, I mean, I can send you the link to it if you want to. Yeah, post that'd be it. great. Already yeah. have. We didn't have it as of early okay. this afternoon. Okay, uh, I would recommend all the listeners and everybody out there to attend, even though it doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of back and forth. This is something that everybody needs to be aware of because this isn't just something coming into Tanino. This is something that through that fair share doctrine that every jurisdiction is going to have to face. Um, we are, you know. A lot of people are petitioning the legislature and our, our various lawmakers to take another look at this and put in some different checks and balances. Uh, this situation, one thing that really has me bothered is the offender that is scheduled to be released tomorrow uh, did not go through Thurston County Superior Court. Uh, this individual went through Kitsap Superior Court. So it was a Kitsap County judge that decided the conditions uh, at this, at this residence were good enough to release this individual to, even though the Department of Corrections in their investigation has listed all kinds of concerns. It's next to a lake where they have summer camps. It's near a bus stop where there's kids. There's residences all around there. So all these, condi- all these concerns were listed. And despite those, a Kitsap County judge said, yeah, this is good enough. We'll release that person. And there's no recourse, right? Mm-hmm. If, it's, if, it's a, if you have a jurisdiction, if, you have, if the judge of your county or the superior court of your county is the one that is releasing this person, there's accountability. If they're releasing you know, these offenders to places that are inappropriate, next election you vote them out. But when it's in you know, a completely different county, there's no accountability at all. Yeah. And there is legislation. We'll have a story on that. And what's today? Thursday's paper. 
um, I think it's some of the 35th district legislators yes. that got a proposal. Yeah, but Travis not, Couture has, has been working very hard on this, and I, I appreciate his support. But it's not retroactive. It's just dealing with stuff moving forward, which is important. But All right. Uh, next item. You guys ready? Yeah. Mountain View Cemetery in Centralia repossessed by Lewis County after foreclosure. You've heard of adding insult to injury, but what about adding insult to death? I, for one, can't think of anything worse than the county owning my dead body. You would hate that. You would hate that. Despite outcry from family members, a Restore Mountain View Cemetery Facebook page and volunteer efforts, the cemetery is at best in disrepair. It's been privately owned by William Rickard, but he hasn't paid the property taxes for three years, and the county foreclosed on it and put it up for auction for five minutes, which is the standard amount of time they auction off properties that have been foreclosed on. Really? Yeah. There's like a bidding process for all of these things, and if you are looking to buy foreclosed property, like you're a business or a construction company or whatever you are, you know that these things are going up. And nobody bid on it? Yeah. Well, it was $53,000 for literal ruin and dead bodies buried. And I'm not saying that it's not valuable. I'm just saying it would be a huge undertaking to buy. Undertaking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and but I'm sure, like, at least one of those bodies had to be buried with some gold. They've been there for a long time. <laughs> well, I just so, appreciate your shock at the government moving fast for once as a bureaucrat. I mean, the one time. Five it, it minutes? Is, the one time it's suspicious for them to do so, and they're like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's get the clock moving on this thing. Well, I feel it's, I feel it's probably positive, actually. I, this story raises a lot of questions. Well, okay, so the Chronicle covered uh, John Baker forever, right? The, Who could forget? The Greenwood guy and it's the same kind of story it's like this person owns a cemetery and then neglects it and now what do you do is you have all these dead people family members and they're being neglected and everybody's upset about it and it kind of brings up the question especially here in centralia where we've seen this now twice maybe more i don't know it's like why should there be privately owned cemeteries i don't think there should be <laughs> More often than not, or I don't know more often than not, a lot of times it's a district. It's a taxing district. Right. And so it's like those elections you see that you don't really know what to vote on one way or the other. But yeah. it's important, and it makes it to where this does not happen. And now that it is publicly, well, it's owned by the county, there will be the opportunity for them to, I'm not sure exactly if they will give it to the state or, like, officially abandoned it or whatever, but it has now the opportunity to form that kind of cemetery district, and that could cover both Greenwood and Mountain View, and it would it would take citizens in Centralia saying, yeah, we want another tax, which, you know, that's not easy to tough get sell. people behind. They but don't support the alive children. Why would they support the dead ones? Gosh, don't say that. Fighting <laughs> <Mighty> commentary. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm just saying it's, it's not going to be easy, but now there's actually the chance that it could be taken over and restored, whereas while it was just in the hands of this person who was not paying any taxes on it nor taking any care of it, it was not going to be fixed. So it's a big question mark for now. Yeah. But it, I agree Just with like every other story a today. Wait and see situation. Uh, next topic, United in Opposition, local lawmakers talk South Thurston, Pierce County Airport proposals. Uh, this is just in to ask Wayne, you more of an airport or a bus guy? <laughs> I, I oppose the airport. Adam, 
adamantly. So okay. and, th- and this is, you know, it's like the whole situation of, hey, we're going to force sex offenders in your backyard and we're going like se- to force an airport in your backyard. Well, I don't There's know. There's a lot of like missteps going on If you here. got sex offenders and an airport, like you've got a way to get rid of them. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. Do it. I completely understand why if I lived in Tonino or lived in the area where there would be an airport, why I wouldn't want it. Correct. But for me as a person who lives in Chehalis, I would love an airport in Tonino, right? And I'm not saying like that you guys should suffer from that because it would be convenient for us, but couldn't it be a boon? Uh, it's, it's huge and it would take up uh, a tremendous amount of available land it would, it would destroy current Tonino. Yeah, it would interfere and, with JBLM, yeah. and it would destroy our precious pocket gopher habitats. <laughs> fair. It's fair. That's I just, so like 2018 of you, Wayne. Come on. You're in the pocket of big pocket gopher, oh, aren't you? Oh, man. Yeah. I just worry. You know, here in Lewis County, we have the Cowlitz River Hydro Project, and everybody looks back on that, and we're like, dang. We really wish we did that, or we owned it. We ran that project so that we could get the electricity and the economic from economic development that comes with it. I worry about Tonino that it might look back on this opportunity. And like I said, I completely, completely understand yeah. the cons. I'm just, I think. I, it's I think like, we all understand that there's more runways needed, but this is not the place for that. There's available space on some of the airports that exist. Um, much of that area is is, is federal property. Mm-hmm. Much of it is JBLM. And, you know, there's homes there. There's people there. There's farms there. And uh, just, you'd have, I don't think it just makes sense. How do you get all the traffic from I-5 over into this kind of, you know, unknown area of Thurston County? It just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't pan out. And I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but it, it doesn't feel right the way that this uh, CACC has kind of gone about things. Yeah, that's been one of the common arguments by a lot of the lawmakers was the whole starting process was botched, which, yeah, it, it makes sense. I, I don't think there was a lot of community input from the start. And if I lived on the property that would be demolished, I'm sure I would feel upset about that. All right, ne- ne- next oh, item. W- one quick thing. Aww. I just wanted to note, did you guys see Yakima is a potential, like, hey, we're over here and we necessarily don't hate this. That's what blows my mind away, too. There's a whole (laughs) other side of the state that everybody always forgets about. Yeah. You know, Yakima's nice, and they they yeah. could, I could think they could use that. Kind so of nice, thing ain't no bad publicity coming out of Yakima. I think they were lately. called a willing partner <laughs> in a Yakima Herald story the other day. Lawmakers mentioned them as a potential willing partner, and it'd be good to have a big airport over there. Just saying, I think all of Tonino needs to consider how I would feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. There's one commenter who has like pretty relentlessly put forward the theory that this is all a ploy to put it back to Toledo where they first like proposed it. <laughs> like they're like, okay, we'll leave Toledo. We'll check south. out these other places. And then they're going to come back and be like, sorry, Toledo, we checked with everyone. And they said, yeah, everyone eight. else said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet the Chronicle has been covering this longer than most news outlets in the state. Yeah, we you guys up. do a good job and you cover most things better than most other news uh, agencies. That's very sweet. Very sweet of Wayne. Uh, next item. Centralia City Council delays Pearl Street pool design option discussion. The council voted to create a valid initiative for the fate of the Pearl Street pool, which you can pretty much see out this window, but they postponed a consideration. If you look closely. I just look out there and I wish for the tire pile, so you better just move it along. Of course, this comes a love letter. Anyway, they were going to hold a 
they're going to hold a public workshop with Parks and Rec first. There's hypothetically two options. Uh, this is almost as important as the way to the, your your dam proposal alternative selections. Uh, the two options, where were they? Oh, restore it to its original state or build a new pool and bathhouse. I can't see how anybody would approve building a new pool where the old pool was. Anyway, uh, there's a bunch of numbers involved. It's, nothing's going to happen for a long time. Looking However, at, I'm looking at Wayne over here on his high horse as it drinks from the rich waters of the quarry pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Outdoor pools are a hard business in Washington State. They can't all be as cool as the quarry pool. Our big hole in the ground is natural. Yeah. That- <laughs> it's a lake. It's Wayne has traveled its lake. expanses, scuba diving. Yes. Uh, we recently did a bathymetric scan uh-huh. of the quarry pool oh, and discovered course. that it is exactly 88 feet deep. There we go. That's actually really cool. Good yeah. to and know. You took a town survey and everyone agreed that writing big natural outside the pool was the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Evil Pearson wants to do an analysis on what it would cost to do all this, which would be around 50 or 60,000. It'll be another 10 or 15,000 to put whatever on a ballot. However, former counselor Joyce Barnes said she would cover it. She said, we want to repair anything, equipment filters, whatever replacement needs to be done. That's what we're looking at. We want to keep it simple, not make it a Taj Mahal. Well, I say counterpoint, make it a Taj Mahal. You want the pool, really sell it to people, claim it'll be like Shahalis' pool, but with more diving boards or gold or whatever they have over there. Um, <laughs> they definitely do have gold over there. <laughs> I also that, is like- nice, <laughs> that is a nice... Kyle Markstrom, Port of Centralia Commissioner, countered with a, do we need an outdoor pool in Western Washington take, which is a fair point until you ask someone from Chehalis and they respond, I can't hear you over the sounds of children (laughs) gleefully diving into the pristine waters of our beautiful aquatic center. Coming soon, Centralia Taj Mahal pool. Yeah, that's good. Good summary. Uh, Last news item, the Lewis County Lodging Tax Advisory Board seeks volunteers I urge you to do something different with your time than volunteer for one of the county's committees. (laughs) 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 The county commissioners have shown time and again that they love nothing more than spiting their volunteer advisory committees. Oh, gosh. I'm pretty sure the LTAC committee has to be, if we were to track it out, I'm sure the LTAC committee would be like the most approved of all the advisory boards because it requires like a significant amount of math and consideration that the commissioners do not sit down and just do again when it comes in front of them. They're just like, yeah, Yeah. take it. Stop doing the fart noise. I hate it. Oh, come on. How many did you load up? A whole soundboard. He just has a soundboard and he's pressing it over and over. Uh, we well, are, it's just money that comes from the hoteliers yeah. and goes straight yeah. out to tourists. Yeah. Tourism. They just want someone to help them look at how they're going to spend it. Yeah. And then they will disagree with them and spend it on whatever they want, like Discover <laughs> Lewis County. Anyway, we are going to take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hi, this is Jacek from Summit Funding. Here's what a recent client is saying about us. Hi, this is Chad Taylor. Have you been thinking about purchasing or refinancing your current home? The team at Summit Funding is the best in class. Looking for a conventional FHA, VA, USDA, jumbo, or even a reverse mortgage? Trust the team at Summit Funding. Corley and I did, and we couldn't be happier. Thank you to all of our past clients. If you have any questions, give us a call at 360-330-4037. All right, we're back, uh, ready for some segments on this edition of News Dump. Wayne has left. He was disgusted by the 
fart soundboard, stormed out, <laughs> said tonight I would never. Um, but anyway, yeah, we've got Tales from the Takes page. What uh, what, what what do we have? What let's, happened let's in the do opinion like a quick section? Run, rundown. Julie McDonald's uh, column in tomorrow's edition is about the 100th anniversary of the Lewis County branch of the American Association of University Women. Um, I have spoken before the Lewis County branch, and I mentioned Isabel's name, and there was a standing ovation. Maybe not a standing, no. but they all yelled, oh, we know her, and they all <laughs> clapped their hands. That part's true. That really did happen. That's sweet. Uh, her lead, just to share it with you, is, do you believe women pursuing college education can impair their fertility? Today, such a notion sounds absurd, but that was the prevailing myth dispelled only after a small group of college graduates formed the American Association of University Women in 1881 and published a research report four years later. And it was a nice lead to get you really cool. taken right Did into that. Did any Facebook commenters ask them to show their work on that lead? Uh <laughs> I haven't shared it yet, so I don't know. Oh. Uh, Tim Browning of the Centralia School Board had what I thought was a very good commentary that will also be in tomorrow's edition. It's currently up on cronline.com. Um, just sharing his perspective um, on the current state of schools. And if you're looking for a really rosy report on how everything's great and kids are great, uh, this is not the place to look. But I think he gives you a realistic, like, this is like a ser- We're in really dark times now for a lot of kids. And if we're going to fix this, we need to... We need to get rid of all the BS basically and focus on that as a community. Um, he's far more eloquent than that, but I, I thought it was good. There's a Bill Mueller com- commentary, um, seasonal contemplations of an elderly columnist. And it's so sweet. And he just talks about like why this season, he doesn't really like it, why he likes this one. And it's all from the perspective of a gardener, which he is one. And he's talked about that in a lot of his columns. It's really lovely. People loved it too on yeah. Facebook. It was probably our most viewed story of the day. Not it was old like photo. The, but. the most well-written Bill Moeller one that I've read in like a couple months. Like it was just really fun. There's some good letters in there too. Uh, Marty Ainsley's in there. One of my favorite letter writers, not for the content, just for the... Uh, he's very he's very regular as a letter to the editor writer, <laughs> Marty, <laughs> and he's a good writer. I don't have to do much editing on it. So when I say it, like a letter is my favorite, it's because like they write well, and I don't have to rewrite it. So. Yeah, a couple other good letters in there as well. But th- them's the tales. All right, People's Champion of the Week, my nominee, Joyce Barnes for offering to cover the ballot costs for this pool fiasco. Fair. Yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty good too. I put uh, Lisa Grant, Dr. Grant, from the Centralia School District in here. Uh, She was the Chronicles Person of the Year this year. And as the superintendent, she has been, she was put into a tough job with Centralia and has helped stabilize and move the district forward. They passed their levy most recently. And um, you can read more about her in a special section of Person of the Year in Saturday's paper. Is she any relation to Dr. Alan Grant? I asked the same thing, and I don't think so, as that is a fictional character. Eh, documentary. Uh, Siren's Banger of the Week. My nominee was uh, a caller who advised they had seen a, quote, kid shooting another kid with an Orbeez gun on a camera at a school in the 300 block of Southwest 16th Street and, quote, just wanted advice, according to police logs. Yeah, that was my favorite, too. I wrote that one up. Good one. My kids have Orbeez guns, and I didn't know what Orbeez were, and I was roundly mocked by not only my whole family, but members of my daughter's kindergarten class, because (laughs) apparently Orbeez are a big deal. Uh, Yeah, Ty has a a ton of them, too. I don't get the appeal. Yeah, yeah, give your kids a real gun. Jeez. Red Rider. 
Um, yeah, it, it doesn't say in here whether or not the police provided any advice. Yeah, no, it didn't say in the, the call logs either. Police advice was to stay strapped. <laughs> With an Orbeez gun, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure this is in, at um, WF West, right? Exactly. Uh, 16th Street, yeah. So I think they were just like, uh, do I have to do something if they have a toy gun? Right? I'm pretty sure that's the advice. I don't know. Uh, some caller just, just itching to take matters into their own hands. No arrests were made. Uh, and then the other one we have on here is, on Alaska woman pleads not guilty to mail theft charges. This is Amber Ingram, the mail thief, allegedly, entered her pleas of not guilty to 30 separate felony charges on January 19th. Does she have to do, like, individual not guilty pleas for each? I think they let they probably let you do, like, a blanket. Not, not guilty to all of it. I don't know if they do, but, yeah, we weren't there. Okay. Uh, Facebook comments of the week. On an old-timey photo of police pulling people over at Mary's Corner after people had complained about not enough enforcement of illegal driving, this commenter says, Oh, I'm sure the people were asking the government to come punish them for letting the king's permission to drive expire. Calm down, people. Uh, On a photo from 1959 of the go-kart champion young man getting a kiss from a girl in a dress who was some kind of dignitary, Commenter says, they misspelled her name. Just par for the chronicle. Looks like Glenda, the good witch. Beautiful. She did not provide the correct spelling of the name of the woman in the picture who would be nearly 80 now. I also Just can't go back to like the, the editor of the Chronicle of 1959 and be like, you sure on this? <laughs> like, um, I copy and paste from the archives. That's all I can do. Similar to comment. Well, the Chronicle got my birth announcement wrong twice. The first time I was a boy. LOL. This from a woman who appears to be 70. Again. Her own birth notice? <laughs> How do you have that? Who reads that? Oh, man. Chronicle uh, needs to work on itself. It needs to do better. On a photo of an egg supply store in Winlock, this commenter says, and now it's run by the Biden crooked politics. What? Somebody replied to them and said, this story is about eggs. <laughs> And also, I was scrolling through the Facebook feed for this segment, and it's mostly history photos at this point. Uh, One of these days, Schwartz, you're going to walk into the podcast room, and we'll all be sitting here waiting with a stack of color photos, having an intervention to tell you current news is also okay Okay, on social media. Okay, you just read through the notes on this podcast and say that we don't have current news. We have... More I'm, news I'm this week. I'm just saying, than, like, scrolling through the what Facebook I am feed. doing is replacing the regional wire stories with local old photos, and the people love them. I mean, the people do love them. Some people don't, obviously. The you're birth, talking to DJ Page lady, views, but, after all. I gave him the name. I'm aware, but I'm not. There's not any less local news. It's if not, you, you the, count the old photos as news because it's news to a lot of people. You know, they don't know about that. <laughs> 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 We're going back. News We're collecting to me. Uh, the old news. Uh, let's see. On the cemetery and disrepair story, this commenter says, only 50000 for all that property. It would make a nice little housing development. This commenter replies, I'm sure all the bodies come with it, and I don't think it's legal to move them without a ton of family's consent. And then the original commenter says, who said anything about moving them? Concrete covers all. What? They can visit as they shop till they drop. It would be like a family reunion every time you needed to get something. Oh, gosh, that's horrible. (laughs) And then somebody else replies, my mom and dad are there. Why would you say that? Some commenters just want to watch the world burn. Oh, and another commenter so said, wait a sec, a cemetery is foreclosed on. Will evictions follow? <laughs> okay, that's really funny. 
Uh, let's see. On the photos and live video from the Polar Plunge Saturday morning out at, out near Mossy Rock, this commenter says, nice, I wish I was there. My friend, you could have been. They could have just gone. Like, you don't need to be like, oh, man, I wish I was there. That's not like a comment I would, like, throw on the list here. Just go. You saw that, and you were just like, man, that's outrageous that this person said it was nice, and they wished they were there. I don't know. Like, you... You all right, Aaron? You know what? Yeah, I am. (laughs) They can't exactly go back in time to be there. You know what I mean? Maybe they didn't know. You could just go to the lake and fall in, too. Like, that's fine. Anyway, and then another commenter said, a lot of cold meat. Buddy, you have no idea. Jesus. (laughs) Get out of here. You're canceled. Move it along. Aaron's canceled. (laughs) Um, Let's see. We had a letter talking about News Dump being good. Oh, it was from Jamie London. It was very sweet, by the way. Anyway, this commenter replied to the letter and said, I moved to Olympia two years ago. I work in Shalis, and News Dump was a great resource to get a feel for the area and the community. Keep it up. I appreciated the comment. Yeah, and I appreciated the letter, too, Jamie. It was nice to type that out. He didn't have to do that. It was really sweet. My sister, who lives in Baltimore, listens to it, and she says the same thing. Like, she loves to be able to keep up with what's going on here by listening to it. And, yeah, I mean, if you live in a big city like that, you're probably not super up on the local news happenings of where you are, right? So it's fun for her to see what's going on with Lewis County. She's a longtime admirer of the Chronicle and all the silly things that we write about, like dead chickens and people getting roadkill and that stuff, you know? Lewis County things. Exactly. Uh, On the Orbeez gun shooter, this commenter says, probably the same boy that shot me in my own yard from the apartments by the middle school. (laughs) Norby's gun or what? You got some range on that thing. Uh, comment on a story about a bill limiting the governor's emergency powers. This commenter says, I guess he wrote a lot, but this was the part I pulled out. I guess we learned something during the COVID years. The governor can declare an emergency, has broad emergency powers, and it's an emergency as long as he says it is. This commenter says, you like communism, then go to a country that provides that for you. My gosh. The original commenter says, geez, didn't say I agreed with it. I don't. Just saying that's what we found out. This is why the legislature is considering limiting the emergency powers. By the way, that wouldn't be communism. It would be totalitarianism. Woe unto the commenter that enters the comments earnestly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It just never works out. Here's what I learned from this story. <laughs> so you like communism, huh, loser? Yeah, if you like communism so much, why don't you marry it? <laughs> um, and then on two suspects in unrelated murders being released pending charges in one day. Commenter says, why are our cops such a joke? Between this and Aaron and Oakley, our incompetency is almost weekly now. Maybe someone should hold a BLM rally to make sure they are all still working because history has shown us they are more than happy to show up to break up a peaceful gathering in downtown Morton. Which is thoughts? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember now. I was like, oh, that rally. I was not living here at the time, so I had to remember. Yeah, I don't want to share thoughts on it, but okay. What's in the next edition? Oh, we got a lot. We talked about some of it. Uh, there's the first behavioral health facility of its kind at Maple Lane that Isabel wrote up. Uh, Thurston County Sheriff Derek Sanders released a statement on the death in Memphis of uh, Tyree Nichols. Mm-hmm. Um, Sanders, how, how, what's your guys' temperature check on Sanders? Engaged. 
Like, yeah, seriously. Very online. Fully engaged. Very he, online. Not only like does he produce a lot of content or the sheriff's office produce a lot more content, but he I personally... Think, I think when you're in law yeah. enforcement, it's just called working. No, no. I just... <laughs> producing content. You can like... I mean, I don't mean to insult the Lewis County Sheriff, but if they could do the same thing, they could... The veteran's house that was up near Little Rock or trailer RV... Um, he posted about how, you know, neighbors had been very patient with the sheriff's office and he appreciated it as the man was having uh, mental health issues and he was a former veteran. Stuff like that I think people want to hear and it's less of why aren't you moving this crap off of my property or yeah. my road and more like yeah. here's why it took so long. I, I think that it's clear Derek Sanders is really energized. You can like really see it by his efforts and he's involved in something every day and posting every day. I think it really helps to have like a younger person take that job who understands the kind of social media stuff. And I'm not saying that like an older person couldn't do that too, but you can definitely see the benefit of that. And honestly, I really appreciated his statement on this. I, I thought it was one of those things that, you know, when, when this stuff happens, we probably want more than anything to be like recognized it for it to be recognized by our local law enforcement officers and to hear that, you know, it makes an impact on leadership is important. Yeah. And he's, he just seems like very approachable online, which is also, you know, I, it, it, it seems like a big benefit. Yeah. Wayne commented on line the other day, just how he doesn't think that the guys had a day off. And I do agree that he's jumped from one issue to the next and he's present at any community type function. So um, again, young and energized, and um, I'm sure the people of Thurston County who supported him hope he can maintain the pace. Uh, in closing, we are sponsored by Summit Funding and The Roof Doctor. Thank you to Wayne for joining us for the first hour of this podcast. It's way too long. <laughs> That's a good one. It has gone long. Uh, leave a review on roofdoctor.com if you wish to support us. Anything else? It doesn't matter to you if uh, they do not. <laughs>